Echa Perek Bet. In Perek Bet, the theme and tone change from, whereas in Perek Aleph it was despair and agony and shame, the theme and tone in Perek Bet is more anger. HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu is angry with Yisrael, and from the tone of the Perek, I think we'll see that the Mekonen, the poet, is also angry with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Consonant with that is a shift of focus from the victim in Perek Aleph. The victim was Yerushalayim, me- metaphorized in Perek Aleph. And the focus in Perek Bet will be uh, the destruction that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wreaked on Yerushalayim. From a structural perspective, Perek Bet is also an acrostic, like Perek Aleph was. And Perek Bet can be divided into three different parts. The first, Pasuk Aleph Til Yud, is the description of Yerushalayim in the third person. From Pasuk Yud Aleph to Yud Tet, the Mekonen's first person speech as he reacts to what he sees. And in Perek Chaf through Chaf Bet is Yerushalayim's speech to God. The sense that we get from the structure is that progressively there is more of an intensification of the emotional impact as the uh, poem is moving from an objective third person observer to the actual sufferer at the end of the Perek. Pasuk Aleph. How, in his anger, does God make Batzion, dear Tzion, loathsome? The question is how to interpret the word Ya'ib. The two ways to interpret it, the first is Rashi. He explains Ya'ib as Ya'afil, to make dark, that Hashem made Batzion uh, dark. Another way to understand the word Ya'ib is from the Shorish of Toribah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Batzion loathsome, disgusting. He hurled down from heaven to earth the tiferet, the splendor of Israel. The analogy here could be seen as the splendor of Israel is meant to symbolize the Beit HaMikdash. He destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. And he disregarded his footstool on the day of his anger. Hadom Raglav, or the footstool, is a frequent metaphor in Tanakh. We see it in Tehilim, Kuflamid Bet, Pasuk Zayin. Navoa lemishkenotav nishtahave lahadom Raglav. The footstool is seen as the place Kivyachol where heaven meets earth, where the earth, or those who dwell on earth, meet HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And of course, that is the Bet HaMikdash. And what we're supposed to think of here is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu totally disregarded the Beit HaMikdash on the day of his anger. And of course he does this by destroying the Beit HaMikdash. Pasuk Bet, here the destruction moves from Beit HaMikdash to all of Yehuda. Bila Adonai velo hamal et kol neot Yaakov. Hashem consumed without any mercy all of the dwelling places of Yaakov. Haras He destroyed in his wrath all of dear Yehuda's strongholds. He brought down to the ground and profaned the kingdom and its rulers. Pasuk Gimel. He chopped off in fierce anger all the horns of Israel. The Keren, of course, is a metaphor for Malchut Bet David, like we say every morning. Masmiach Keren Yeshua. HaKadosh Baruch Hu chopped off the Malchut Bet David in his destruction of Yerushalayim. 
Heshiv Ahor Yemino Mepine Oyev. He turned back his right hand in the face of the enemy. The right hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the hand that protects Israel. As we see in Shirat Hayam, we say, Yeminecha Adonai Ne'adariba Koach, Yeminecha Adonai Tiras Oyeb. That's the hand that protects Israel. But in this case, God holds his right hand back and allows the enemy to destroy Israel. Vayivar be'Yaakov ke'esh lehaba achela saviv. And he burned in Yaakov like a flaming fire, consuming everything around him. Pasuk Dalet. Darach kashto ke'oyeb, nesav yamino kesar, ve'yaharog kol b'hamadayin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here metaphorized into an archer. He bent his bow like an enemy. He poised his right hand like a foe. And he killed all of the treasured ones. It's difficult to interpret exactly who Kol Bahamadein is referring to, who the treasured ones are. Perhaps this is going back on Pasuk Bet, which talks about the Mamlacha Vesareha, the aristocracy of Yehuda, or maybe it's talking about the Kohanim of Nevi'im. Be'ohel Batzion Shafach Kaesh Hamato. In the tent of Batzion, of Dir Zion, he poured out his wrath. Like fire. Pasuk He Haya Adonai Keoyeb Billa Israel Billa Kol Armenoteha Shihet Mifsarav. Hashem became an enemy. He consumed Israel. He consumed all her Mifsarim, all her citadels. He destroyed his strongholds. Vayereb Vebat Yehuda Ta'aniya Vaaniya. Vayereb comes from the Shorish Rav a lot. He made in Bat Yehuda, in Dir Yehuda, a lot of Ta'aniya Va'aniya. Rashi explains Ta'aniya Va'aniya as Tsar Ve'ilala, mourning and moaning. So the culmination of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's punishment on Yehuda is mourning and moaning, and a lot of it. Pasuk Vav. Vayahmos kegan suko shihet mo'ado. And he demolished his sukkah, a metaphor for the Bet Mikdash, kegan, like a garden. Rashi explains as someone who picks the vegetables from the garden and leaves it totally empty. Shihet mo'ado, he destroyed his mo'ed, his abode. And now with the play on words, uh, on the word mo'ed, shikah Adonai besion mo'ed veshabbat, Hashem sent into oblivion, into total forgetting, in Zion, both the Hagim and Shabbat, which were obviously, which obviously could no longer be celebrated in the Beit Hamikdash, as it was no longer standing, and he spurned in his raging anger both the king and the priest. Pasuk Hashem rejected his mizbeach, his altar and disdained his sanctuary, his mikdash. Hisgir beyad oyeb homot armenoteha, he handed over to the enemy the walls of her palaces, kol natenu bebet Adonai keyom moed. The enemies made the types of noises in bet Hashem as if it was yom moed, similar to the noises that were being made in the mikdash during the celebration of and so you see here a distinct image of the enemies celebrating the same way that B'nai Israel would be celebrating the Hagim, but the enemies were obviously celebrating when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed.
פסוק ח' חשב אדוני להשחית חומת בת ציון נת הקו. השם determined to destroy the wall of דיר ציון, he stretched out a line. The reference here to stretching out a line is in contrast to a builder who usually stretches out a line to build a straight wall. But here Hashem is stretching out a line to destroy the wall. As Rashi said, Hashav Hashem lehashchit zeyamim rabim she'arta al da'ato. The clear intention of the pasuk is to show that Hashem was planning the destruction of the wall. Lo heshiv yadomi baleya'a. He did not hold back his hand from consuming it. He made both the inner and outer wall. is the inner wall and the outer wall, the rampart and the wall, so to speak. He made them both mourn. they both languish together. And of course, there's poetic irony over here because the inner and outer wall are Yahdav, they're together, but Umlalu, they are languishing alone. Pasuk Tet Taberu ba'aretz she'areha ibad veshibar b'riheha Her gates sunk into the ground, he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, wrecked and shattered her b'rihim, her bars, the bars that are meant to strengthen the walls. Makah v'sareha ba'goyim en Torah Her kings and princes are among the nations, there is no one to instruct or explain the Torah. Even her prophets did not find any vision from Hashem. So in addition to the religious consequences we saw earlier of nobody celebrating the Mu'adim in the Beit HaMikdash, now we have further religious consequences. There is no Torah and there is no Nevu'ah after the destruction of the Temple. Pasuk Yod this is the last pasuk in which the Mekonen uh, in this perek is speaking from the standpoint of a third person describing the lay of the land. From here on out, pasuk Yud Aleph, beyond that, he will be speaking in the first person, but this is the last pasuk where he's being more descriptive than personal. Yeshevu la'ares yidemu zekne batzion. They sit on the ground silent, the elders of dear Zion. He'ilu afar al rosham hageru sakim. These are very typical uh, signs of mourning that we see in Tanakh. They put dirt on their heads and they put on sackcloth. The maidens of Yerushalayim lowered their heads to the ground. It's interesting to note here that you have the entire spectrum of the populace, so to speak. You have the Zekenim of Batzion, the elders of Batzion, and all the way on the other end you have Betulot Yerushalayim, the young maidens of Yerushalayim, and they are both reacting the same way with their bodies to the ground mourning. It's also interesting to note that while the third person description of uh, of the situation in Perek Aleph starts with Hashem being mashlich mishamayim, the last pasuk of the observation ends with what happens on the aretz, the mourning that happens on the aretz. Pasuk Yud Aleph, here the Mekoden is now speaking in first person. He's going to express his own emotions and he's also going to be addressing Yerushalayim from Pasuk Yud Aleph through Pasuk Yud Tet. Kalu badema'ot aynay chomarmeru me'ay. Nishpach la'ares kevedi al shever batami. My eyes were worn out from tears, my stomach churned, my liver was spilled out over the breaking of my dear people. And of course, the stomach and the liver are the seat of the emotions in Tanakh. 
and the Mekonen is expressing his sheer agony. When little children and babies collapsed in the city squares. Pasuk Yudbet, the continuation of the focus on the children and the babies. The children are asking their mothers, where is the grain and the wine? Of course, grain and wine represent the types of food that can be stored, and they're asking their mothers if there's any food that they can have that's stored. And of course, the mothers have nothing to give the babies, and this is the, where the outpouring of the emotion of the Mekonen reaches its peak, when he sees the the total agony of the children. As they collapsed, as if wounded in the city squares. As their lives slipped away in their mother's chests. Pasuk Yud Gimel, the Mekonen addresses Yerushalayim directly. What will I testify to? What will I compare you to, dear Yerushalayim? There's no event that I could possibly compare the destruction of Yerushalayim to. What can I compare to you so that I may console you, dear Tzion? For as vast as the sea is your devastation, who can heal you? And in this pasuk, the Mekonen reaffirms a theme that we see throughout Echa, which is that there is no consolation. He tries to console the city, and he's left speechless. He simply cannot console the city with any type of comparison that would show that uh, it's all okay. Pasuk Yud Gimel ends with the question, Mi Yirpalach? And Pasuk Yud Daled, Tetvav, and Tetzain almost answer the rhetorical question by showing the reactions of the Nevi'im and the Ovre Derech, the passerbys, and the Oyavim, as if to answer the question of Mi Yirpalach, who will heal you, with the distinct answer of no one. Pasuk Yud Daled, Nevi'aich Hazulach Shav Vetafel, Velo Gilu Al Avonech Lehashiv Shebutech. Your prophets prophesied for you false and empty visions. They did not reveal your iniquity so as to restore your fortunes. They showed you false oracles and deceptions. And of course, this pasuk is a reference to all the Nevi'eh Sheker that for a long time made sure that the people's reactions to the Avonot was not to worry about it, and that there would be no consequences to their actions. Of course, the destruction of the Bet Mikdash is the manifestation of the consequences of those actions. Pasuk Tetvav, this is the reaction of the passerbys as they see Yerushalayim in her destruction. This is a description of shame. All who pass by your way, they clap their hands at you, they hiss and wag their head at fair Yerushalayim. Is this the city that was called perfect in beauty, joy of all the Aretz, of all the earth? Those who pass by are now making fun of Yerushalayim, they're deprecating Yerushalayim. This is the city that everybody thought was so beautiful, and look at it, it is now lying in ruins. Pihem Amelu 
They opened their mouths against you, all your enemies. They whistled and gnashed their teeth. They said, we have consumed her. This is indeed the day we have waited for, we have found it, we have seen it. The enemies here are portrayed as condescending and shaming Yerushalayim, and they are satisfied with their destruction of the city. While in Pasuk Tetzayin, it is the enemy that takes delight in what he's done to Yerushalayim, in Pasuk Yudzayin, the Mekonen makes it clear that he knows that the real source of the punishment, the real source of the destruction, is God. Pasuk Yudzayin. Asa Adonai asher zamam bisar imrato asher siva mimekedem. Hashem did what he planned. He carried out his word as he ordained long ago. Haras velo haval. He destroyed and showed no mercy. He made the enemy rejoice over you. He raised the horn of your foes. And again, the horn is indicative of the Melucha. And it is now not the Melucha of Bet David that is ascendant. It is the Melucha of the enemies that is ascendant. Pasuk Yudhet, Sa'ak Libam El Adonai. The beginning of this pasuk is a little bit problematic because it doesn't seem to be related to anything that comes before it or that comes afterwards. It seems to be referring to the victims of Yerushalayim, the people of Yerushalayim. Their heart cries out to God. Now the Mekonen addresses the walls of Yerushalayim. In his previous speech, the third person speech, at the beginning of the Perek, he ended it by, by speaking about uh, the... Uh, situation of the walls, and now he is directly addressing the walls. And perhaps the significance of this is that the walls, which were the protector of the city, or the supposed protector of the city, that could not protect the city, now the Mekonen is addressing these walls that were supposed to protect the city, and telling the walls that they should cry out for help. The wall of Dir Tzion, let tears stream down like a torrent both day and night. Give yourself no rest and your eyes no respite. Pasuk Yudtet, still addressing the wall. Kumi ronni balayla lerosh ashmurot, shivchi kamayim lebech nochach pene Adonai. Arise, cry aloud at night, at the beginning of each ashmoret. Rashi explains, as we know from the Gemara, that the night is divided by Hachamim into different sections, and the Mekonen is telling the wall to cry out at the beginning of each part of the night. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of Hashem. Raise your hands towards Hashem for the lives of your little children collapsing from starvation on every street corner. And so this section ends in a similar way to which it began. It began with the Mekonen crying out because of the agony of the children in the city square. And it ends with the Mekonen asking the wall to cry out to Hashem again because of the agony of the children on every street corner. And the last three Pesukim of the Perek are no longer the Mikonen speaking either in third person or in first person. It is now from Pasuk Chaf through Chafbet. The three Pesukim will be Yerushalayim again speaking herself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this case. These Pesukim can almost be seen as the prayer of Yerushalayim to God. 
Re'e Adonai v'habita lemi olar tako. See Hashem and look to whom you have done this. Im tocharna nashim piryam olelet ipuhim. Im yehareg v'mikdash Adonai kohen v'navi. Should women eat their own fruit, their little children that they care for? Should the Kohanim and Nevi'in be killed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sanctuary? Here, Yerushalayim is appealing to God. She's trying to arouse his sympathy by calling his attention to the misery of the people. And of course, the best way to accomplish this is to show the misery of the starving children. Both of the pictures in this pasuk are the precise opposite of the natural order of things. Normally, the mothers feed their children, and in this pasuk, the mothers are eating their children in a grotesque form of cannibalism, which of course reminds us of the Tochacha and Devarim, in which this punishment is explicitly mentioned. And of course, in the normal order of things, the Kohanim and Nevi'im are celebrating or worshipping in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sanctuary, and in the a uh, twisted world of the destruction of the Mikdash, the Kohanim and the Nevi'im are being killed in the Mikdash. Pasuk Chaf Alef Shachevu la'arez husot na'ar v'zaken v'tulotai u'bachorai nafilu b'charev Lying on the ground in the streets are both young and old. My maidens and youths have fallen by the sword. Haragta be'yom apecha tabahta velo hamarta you have killed on your day of anger, you have slaughtered without any mercy. The use of the word tabahta can be seen as the continuation of the eating of the cannibalism of the previous pasuk. Tabah is usually used for meat, for something that a person ends up eating. And in this case, you have the imagery of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being tobeah, his own people, killing his own people. Pasuk Chavbet Tikra chayom mo'ed me'urai misabib you invite my attackers from all around as if on the day of the festival. Similar to the imagery that we saw earlier in the Perek, here we have the imagery of HaKadosh Baruch Hu inviting the enemies to the Mikdash, just like he invited Bnei Israel to the Mikdash on the Regalim, but in this case the enemies are invited to the Mikdash almost to feast on the corpse of Yerushalayim and its people. And on the day of Hashem's anger, no one escapes or survives. Those whom I cared for and reared, my enemy has consumed. It's interesting to note over here that in the last three Pesukim, this little prayer that Yerushalayim addresses to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no request of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to comfort her, there is no request of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to save her. It's almost as if Yerushalayim is pointing at HaKadosh Baruch Hu and saying, look at the situation here, look at what you have done. And of course, like Perek Aleph, and like we discussed earlier, the general theme of Echa, the chapter ends with despair. This is a despair born of anger rather than the sadness and agony of Perek Aleph, but it is still uh, a total despair. There is no comfort, there is no consolation, and of course, uh, as we said earlier, that is the general theme of Echa, there is never consolation at the end of the day.